Hi, this is Phineas. I'm a songwriter and a record producer and sometimes an artist. Welcome to the next episode of uh, Introducing How You Doing. I'm excited about this. I mean, this guy really needs no introduction. His name is Phineas O'Connell. He goes by the name of Phineas. Um, I saw him and his sister Billie Eilish at the Lansdowne Hotel in Sydney almost five years ago exactly. Uh, And now he's here with his sister on their Happier Than Ever world tour. Uh, They've been on the road since Feb, and I I think he's pretty pumped that the tour is wrapping up in Perth um, (laughs) real soon. Uh, Now he's got eight Grammys to his name, a solo album, Optimist, and he's just been announced as headlining Laneway Festival 2023. What more is there to say? Enjoy my chat with Phineas. Hello, hello. Hey, how are you? Thanks so much for taking time out of your day to talk to me. Oh, don't be silly. Thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm great. You're in Melbourne now, I I believe. Is that correct? I'm in Melbourne. Um, We have another three shows here. One tonight, one tomorrow, and then one on Monday. And then we go to Perth for a few days, play a couple shows there, and then I go home. Are you in a little like I'll use Australian language here, frothing to uh, to finish the shows in Perth because apparently your tour manager was saying you've been on the road since February. <laughs> uh, we have. I mean, we took you know that's like you know it's not been a a straight shot. We've had days off, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, yeah, yeah. I think I'm. I uh, this we we're playing our seventy fifth show today of this tour. <laughs> so. Yeah, we've played quite a few. And and to be honest, I'm so glad we're ending this tour in Australia because the audiences here are just unbeatable. Like the audience that we were just in, we came, we were in New Zealand for three shows and then we came to Sydney. So we've like between New Zealand and Australia, just, just the best audiences. Well, I saw, I think this is right. And maybe forgive me for the timeline, but I think I'm getting this right. I, I first saw you and Billy about five years ago, a little pub in uh, Sydney called the Lansdowne Hotel. It was like a very stripped yep. back show. Then I saw you at the Horden Pavilion, like two or three years later. And I yep. couldn't hear a word anyone was saying, cause the, the screaming was just nuts. Yep. And then I got to take my daughter to see your show in Sydney uh, last Tuesday night. And um, well, look, the, difference between the pub show and Tuesday night was epic, but it was so good. It's so great to see you guys. I, I kind of said this thing on social media. It's like, is it weird to be proud of two people that you've never met before? Because I saw you guys at the Lansdowne, so so young and, and just kind of giving it a go. And then obviously this tour is, is one of the biggest shows going. So you must feel just beside yourself. Yeah, it's really crazy. I mean, yeah, we, we, we were in Sydney- and Melbourne playing those first shows like almost five years ago to the day. I think it's now a little bit past that, but I know that when we were in Sydney, we were playing five years to the day from the time we were first in Sydney. Um, and you know, five years is a, a fifth of my life. So it feels <laughs> like a long time to me, but obviously in the grand scheme of your life, it's not. Yes. Um, so yeah, we, we feel super lucky. I feel like I, it, it, like it's very hard to actually take a step back and think about it. Um, it's definitely a coping mechanism. Just kind of like, it's a little like a current in a river, 
like you just kind of are in it and uh, it takes you. Well, there's kind of like, there's two kinds of people in the world, people who kind of look weeks and weeks ahead or I guess when you've got to, like, even how did you go when this world tour was kind of like locked away and obviously you had a couple of years like the rest of the world in in, co- in the world of COVID, did you look at that like how on earth are we going to complete these shows? How are, are we going to do this or do you just go city to city, day to day? How are you coping? Uh, like once tour started again, is that what you mean kind of? Well, kind of like the, the days leading up to the tour. Like, did you look at that going, I've just been at home for two years. <laughs> well, leading up to the tour, we were really excited to get back to it just because obviously we'd missed it like everybody else. And it felt like such a privilege to be doing it again and be experiencing it again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm a big, uh, like breaks are super important to me in terms of tour and enjoying it. So yeah, I'm always kind of counting down to the next break. Um, like the first first run was a couple months and then we had uh the end of april and kind of all of may off and then we had all of june on all of july off like a couple weeks in august and then obviously all of september we've been here so yeah the the breaks kind of help um segment it into a like you have you have the the shows to look forward to and then breaks to look forward to um because after a while like you just stop um being able to appreciate it as much as you really should. And I think it's kind of a disservice to your audiences. Like you really want to be fresh every time. I won't make this whole check because this, this, this podcast is called Introducing. So I want to get to, to you personally in a sec, but I, just back to the tours, is there a way that you and Billy kind of do keep it interesting for each other? Like little winks, little cues on stage to like, we're going to do something different in this song that we haven't normally done before that only maybe you two would know that that's happening and the rest of us are completely uh, not hip to the jibe. The only uh, differences that I'm making every night are mistakes. Um, <laughs> like I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to play the song as well every day. And to be honest, I'm, I'm failing half the time. So, so no is the short answer. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just messing up half the time. That's really, that's my big secret. Right. Okay. Well, you must be able to recover from the mess ups pretty good then. Cause I mean, there's nowhere to hide I mean, for people who haven't seen the shows. Like it's really just the three of you on stage. Um, it's because of your drummer. I don't, I don't know your drummer's name. Sorry, but hey, Andrew, he's great. Oh my God. So the, the three of you, there's really nowhere to hide. It's true. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. One of my favorite stories of yours was from Sydney, which I know you've told a hundred times before, so you don't need to get to it again. But when you recorded our, um, our walking traffic light on your phone. Oh yeah. Yeah. That then became the sample used in Bad Guy. I need to ask you what you've got in your voice memos from this trip. I've got nothing. I, uh, yeah, I've got nothing. You guys have like a bird here. What is the bird here that I hear like screaming? Every could be day? a magpie. Could is it a magpie? A... The one that's like, ah, that one. <laughs> I'm not very good with birds. I know we have a bower bird that can kind of mimic any noise that that it hears, so like a leaf blower or a lawnmower or something in someone's neighbourhood, and it can just mimic it. Uh, it wouldn't be that, but yeah, okay, we've got birds. Birds it can be a bit of an issue. Well, there's, there's like it's like a bird that has like a uniquely annoying sound. Um, yeah, it's just really annoying. I can't really okay. Like, well, I, maybe re- record it and then stick it in your next big song, and then I'll let you know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, tell me, um, it's called Introducing, so I want to know, like, you clearly grew up in a very musical, artistic household, and, and you've also acted and, and things. So, what, what was there a moment that you realized that this was going to be a job, or is there a, a song you heard that said to yourself, 
I'm, I have to do this for a living or have things just organically kind of rolled on? I really wanted to be a musician professionally when I turned 11. I was like that. I, I went and saw the band Green Day with my friend Ruby. And I remember thinking like, that is the sweetest gig I've ever seen. Like, and, uh, you know, I, I think I like truthfully, like, I just wanted to be a musician. I don't think I thought like, oh, I have to be in, you know, a rock band. I, you know, I, I liked the idea of working in a studio or writing music or something, but I definitely like the goal was always to not have to do something else to pay the bills. Um, and that really is still the goal. I still just want to make music for a living. And, uh, I feel so lucky to get to do that. Um, but from the time I was about 11 to the time I was 18, I was pretty stressed out that I, you know, wouldn't find a way to really achieve that, I guess, you know, it seemed like I'd have to get really lucky. Um, and so I took it sort of like, I don't want to say too seriously because it obviously worked out, but like, I definitely was a little more stressed than I wish I had been for a 15, 16 year old. You know what I mean? So did you go and buy a guitar after that Green Day gig and, and just lo- learn power chords just to be like Billy, Billy Joe? Or did you, because w- w- what was the first instrument you picked up? Because it seems like to me you can really play everything. I don't know what a power chord is. I know that that's like all he plays, but I don't really know. A power chord is like the the octave, right? Isn't it like the one? Yeah, the well, it's the how I learned to play guitar. Like I can play pretty much half of Nirvana's catalog but with three or four power chords. Right. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't really learn power chords, but I, yeah, I learned how to play piano and I started writing songs and um, yeah, I never really learned anybody else's songs because I, I was always writing stuff. So like when I go to a music store, everybody's sitting in the in the music store like playing Smoke on Water and Iron Man and um, like classic riffs and like I don't really know any of that stuff. I kind of wish I did, but yeah. Well, that's kind of good because most people have to start in a covers band. You right. and your uh, sister ended up just starting by winning heaps of Grammys and making your own music. So you've skipped that whole you've skipped that whole part. So that's fine. I wouldn't be upset about that. Yeah, totally. Do you remember then the first song that you wrote? Does yeah, that stick in I your memory? Song, or did you- I wrote a song called Don't Forget Me when I was like 11 or 12 that hope, like I don't think it exists anywhere online, hopefully. Maybe it does, but I hope it doesn't because it was, you know, it's like terrible. I was like 11, but um, yeah, I mean, I've always loved writing and I definitely had a sort of a blind confidence at that age that what I was writing was good, which, you know, I look back and I'm like, this is terrible, but I thought it was good at the time. When you're spending so much of your time on the road then, like I was speaking to Chris, he's a producer, he does a band, uh, with a band called What's So Not, um, he's a Sydney boy, but they've done pretty pretty big things overseas. And he was saying, because he's on the move so much, he kind of, all his equipment is the smallest of, the smallest version of everything, right? So how, how are you yeah. kind of creating on the road? Yeah, I have that too. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I totally agree with what he's saying. I have like, the smallest interface and the smallest mic and stuff. Um, the stuff I use when I'm at home in LA um, is, yeah, it's too big to travel with. So I, so it's not on most of the records. Um, and uh, like I use a, a microphone in LA now called a, a Telefunken 251 for Billy. It's a great mic, but it like, it's a, it's an old mic. So it like takes 20 minutes to heat up when you use it. Like it's a tube mic and it takes 20 minutes to heat up and you have to carry it around in this suitcase and it's got its own tube and it's huge. And it's like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to spend the 20 minutes it takes to heat up the mic in the hotel room. So I bring a cheaper, smaller 
uh, thing just because that's like the, the portability is what's important to me. So I, I totally agree with him. Do you, is there is there ever a confusion? So because obviously you, you're spreading yourself everywhere, right? You're you're, you're working with Billy. Um, you've got your own album, which we're, we're going to talk about, Optimist soon. Um, then you're also working and collaborating with other people. Do you do you ever create something and like maybe initially for you, and then go, oh, that's actually going to be better for this person, or does it happen the other way around, or can you really separate all that if that makes sense? I try to separate it, but sometimes it just happens. Um, I wrote. Uh, when the party's over without thinking that it was for Billy. And then it was so obviously for Billy, you know, that I thought, oh my gosh, like this, this has to be a Billy song. And then I wrote the nineties kind of for Billy. And then it was for me, it was like, I was like, oh, this makes more sense if it's for me. I kind of, and part of the reason the nineties was for Billy is that she was literally born in 2001. So I liked the idea of like a song about <laughs> yeah. a, t- a decade before she was even alive. But then I thought, you know what? I think it makes more sense if it's like a decade that I was born at the very end of. Um, so yeah, but, but sometimes it happens, but usually I try to delineate and, and with Billy, um, on her second full length album, happier than ever, like she co-wrote every song. So that also was, you know, the, like there was nothing, there's nothing on that record that she didn't end up writing on, even if it was stuff that I started without her. How does um? How do you feel with your, I guess, your debut studio album, Optimist? It's out there now. Was that a long process for you, or was that something that you kind of just spewed out and you're happy to get out? Like, t- talk us through the kind of the making and then the feeling now that, that that's finally out there, that piece of work. Um, I'm very proud of that record, and I'm very honored that people seem to like it and still be listening to it. Um, it was hard to prioritize like doing something just for myself over working with other really talented artists. Um, so that was like the, the big challenge of making that album was like, I'd finished Billy's album. And then I was like, well, if I wanted to come out at this time and I wanted to come out with vinyl, it really needs to be done by, I think it was like, you know, May 15th or something at the time. So it needed to be done way in advance. Um, and yeah, I think it was just sort of, hard to prioritize my own career when you get like an offer from an artist you've loved for years. You're like, Oh my God, I really want to work with that person. So that was the big challenge. And it remains the big challenge. It's sometimes it's hard to like, want to sit down and, uh, produce like writing. I've always written songs alone, but I'm talking like producing, recording them. Um, which is sort of a more laborious process in my opinion, like sitting, sitting and recording my own voice for six hours. Like I, there's so many better vocalists. <laughs> is there anyone that you're just, you're chomping at the bit to work with or, or is your inbox filled with requests and you're just waiting to get back to them? Um, I, I mean, naming just... names is always very risky. So I appreciate it if you don't want to answer that question. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Um, I'm a huge Megan the Stallion fan. Um, I uh, I love Claire Rosencrantz right now. I love I love AV Dummy. AV Dummy's really cool. And uh, who else did I find recently that I thought was so good? There's this artist, Addy. What is the full name? Sorry for sorry for slowing this down. No, that's all right. Um, no, this is okay. Addy Idol. A-D-D-I- A-D-D-Y- oh, yeah. I-D-O-L. I really like Addy Idol. 
What about um? I've just noticed as well. It's but it's good timing. You've you're about to leave Australia, but we've announced you coming back here in February for the Laneway Festival. Um, how are you feeling about coming That's out? Right. And, and how how your shows? Because uh, obviously, the people who have seen the Billie Eilish shows. Your the, the staging is out of control. Like how how do you see a finished show? <laughs> well, have you first, not worked first that of out all, <laughs> first of all, you know we're we're doing. I'm not I'm not headlining this festival and. It's a festival which oh, is no, I know, smaller I know. in general, yeah. so you know it'll be it'll yeah. be me and some me and some musicians on stage, you know, playing, and and, yeah. and that'll that'll be what what we can accomplish. <laughs> maybe it might say Phineas in the background. Yeah, potentially. May, yeah, may, if there's a screen, if it's if there's a screen, it might say that. Um, yeah, okay, sure. But uh, yeah, so I, I kind of I kind of knew that as I was saying. Yeah. It'll be fun. We did a I did a tour in the fall in the U.S. that was a, a bus tour, so that I could bring more production on that. And my yeah. my big. Uh, my big request was lasers. We had a lot of lasers on that tour, which I thought was sort of like, it looked, it looked sick. We have this laser guy named bull who travels with us and he did a great job. But I think like when I told that to my team, like I make sort of like singer songwriter music and like the idea of like, they were like, so what do you want? Like, for production like you want like really pretty lights or like a you know like some some like a like a banner or something and i was like i think i want lasers and i think that like the juxtaposition of that with like piano ballads was funny to them but um I thought it was cool, so I don't. I regret nothing. No, it must be a thing because I remember interviewing Kevin Parker, Tame Impala, and this is he said pretty much when he started making his own money, he ended up buying his own lasers because lasers are very expensive <laughs> to hire. Apparently, not that I've ever been in the market for lasers, but maybe that's something you want to look at in the future. I also feel like Tame Impala makes like the perfect music for lasers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, certainly added to the show. Uh, but yeah, the Laneway Festival. You're out here with Haim and Phoebe Bridges and a great band Fontaine's DC. Are there any friends? on this uh, tour I, I mean you'd, you'd be bumping into the Heim girls constantly wouldn't you living in California I love the Heim the Heim family uh, I love Phoebe and her band uh, I love Girl in Red I am a big fan of Joji I'm a big fan of Turnstile I'm a big fan of 100 Gex so I'm pretty excited to spend time with everybody and from what I remember of Laneway in 2018 when Billy and I did it it's like kind of a party the whole time so I hope yeah, I hope it yeah. uh, I hope it still is that way. Oh, absolutely. We, we well February in Australia. It's almost you're kind of getting to our hottest month as well. So don't pack long pants. You'll yeah, be yeah, yeah. I, I used to I used to do all my shows in suits, um, and I think I'm going to take a break from that for this run. I don't think yeah, I don't yeah. think I should do. I did a suit at Coachella, and I thought I was going to. I became convinced that I had sweat through the butt of the suit, like that I that was that I was I that I had like a sweat stain on my ass, and so I was doing I was doing like the whole show like a in kind of a two dimensional way where I was like never turning away from the audience because I convinced myself that there was like a sweat stain, and I looked at photos and like there wasn't, so I was okay, but it was definitely like so nerve wracking. <laughs> of, of all the places, to do that too. Not only are you in front of like over a hundred thousand people, but it's YouTubed around the world. It's the one show you don't want a wardrobe malfunction. Yep. <laughs> um, now, I, I noticed in Australia, you, you're doing four shows at Rod Laver Arena in Melbourne. You're there again tonight, um, uh, tomorrow night for the grand final, the AFL grand final, and then Monday. Pink has the record for 18 Rod Laver Arenas. So, th- that 
that's what you're working toward. It's a, it's a love. It's a big music town, Melbourne. Are the crowd? She didn't do like eighteen in a row, did she? She did like eighteen over years. I believe she. Hang on, I'm getting that confused. I'm getting that this confirmed. You have no idea how much Australia's in love with Pink. It's it's actually crazy, but um, I believe it could have been in in one tour. No, hang on, we'll work that out. But no, um, Melbourne's a great music town. Are you sneaking into the AFL? This will this will air after the grand final, so you can be honest with me. But are you sneaking into the AFL grand final tomorrow? No, I don't even. No, I don't even. I didn't even know there was an AFL. Okay, good. You know, sometimes like record companies like to show their artists like the local footy team and stuff like that. It's just it's just a big day in Melbourne tomorrow to to be a, a an Australian rules football fan. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think sport. I'm a, I'm a opportunist sports fan. I'm like, if I'm in the, uh, if I'm in the stadium, like I'll, I get very invested. But when I'm outside of the stadium, I don't really care. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I get it. I, I get it. I mean, I'm just having, having it confirmed. It was the 18 Rod Labors were one tour, but not in a row. So I think she. Oh yeah, she's busy, and she's like, you know, jumps from. Like uh, ballet silks and acrobat silks and things. Why like that. Why didn't she so. do eighteen? That's so. Why didn't she just do like three stadiums? That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Eighteen is so think, well, many. Well, maybe the MCG where the AFL Grand Final is that holds a hundred thousand people, but there's no roof where she can do her acrobats from acrobatics from. So maybe that has something to do with it. God, that's so many shows. <laughs> that is like so many. If I had to play eighteen shows in a row in the same city, I would like I would lose my mind. <laughs> well, lucky you've only got four in Melbourne and three to go. Um, now, um, anything else, like we normally kind of uh, end the podcast with things that you'd like to introduce us to, but you kind of did go through some of your favorite artists. But is there anything that, even from an artist that we love and know, like, is there anything you're listening to at the moment that you're just loving? Um, I'm a huge fan of this artist. I've had the pleasure of working with a little bit called Lexi Jade. Um, she's brand new. I think she's incredible. The stuff I have been lucky enough to make with her. I'm proud of. And then the stuff she's made without me, I also think is incredible. So I'm, I'm semi impartial. Um, and, uh, and lately I've just been like on a tear listening to, um, listening to the band cake from like 90, yeah. 99. I just listen to a what's lot of favorite, cake. What's your favorite cake song? I really like, like I'm a pre I'm in pretty deep these days. So like, it would be hard for me to pick just one. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, I think Hem of Your Garment is pretty sick. Um, I think um, I think Never There is incredible. I think um, I think Sa- I love the cover of I Will Survive. I love still. I played that to a friend of mine before, and they didn't they didn't realize that that was a cover. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, <laughs> that's, that's so good though. Yeah, the Survive cover is bomb. I think uh, I think. I mean, like, I know I'm like naming like their their popular songs, but as no, with, that's good though. As with most bands, like they're popular for a reason. I'm a big fan of you know. I mean, like every time I hear the distance, which I know is like their big hit, I'm like that is like the most bomb song. Yeah, but it's good, but it? their their weird like obscure stuff is incredible too. I love I love Alpha Beta Parking Lot, and I love uh, you know um, Satan is my motor. Yeah, so many good songs. Um, well, yeah, good luck um, with the rest of the shows. I really hope, on the, for the sake of just the, the bad guy story, that you get something in your voice memos that's that's not an annoying bird in the next. But few this days is kind of the thing I got myself in, man. And I feel like you you must empathize with this in whatever area of your life you feel this way. Like when we did that, it became so kind of like well known. And I was like, oh man, like I better I better figure out other ways to make interesting production because like I don't want to get pigeonholed into like <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know like the the sound. So like I think if like 
if we did another song where like the, there was like a a, a noise soundbite and it was like another yeah. Australian like I think I would just like have my head in my hand. So I think I can't do it, but I definitely yeah, like okay. record everywhere. But you know what I mean? It's like you'd be like, oh my god! Like, did he do another <laughs> soundbite from Australia? Start calling you the traffic guy. Like, oh, here he yeah. is, another song from the road. Yeah, exactly, it would be a problem. Well, mate, like I, I really know how busy you guys are, and you're on the end of the tour, and I'm sure you're all talked out. But I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time. Um, Optimist is the album. Uh, Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa. I'm loving that. That's the new the new track that's out Thank as well. You. If people who are listening can't get to um, any of the shows uh, before you get out of here, then you're back for Laneway Festival in February. Tickets are on sale now. and uh, We can't wait to see you with a bunch of musicians on stage and potentially a screen that has Phineas written in the background. That'd be awesome. Um, hell yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Lucky me. 